Welcome to the Female CEO Show. I'm your host, Courtney Quinn. I'm a corporate dropout turned serial entrepreneur with a passion for helping female business owners step into your power and reach your full potential in business and in life. I'm on a mission to empower more women to become their own boss while teaching them how to do it in a healthy, scalable way that supports your dream life so that you're running a business and not owning a business that runs you. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or you're still toying with the idea of diving into your own business, you're in the right place if you're looking for tools to support you as you are navigating the world of entrepreneurship as a woman, because I'm going to get real with you on how to do so. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of the Female CEO Show podcast. Today, I am joined by Temple Cordham. Temple is side hustling as an influencer. And I know that this is such a hot topic and something that a lot of people are really interested in, like getting into influencing, how to start, is the market too saturated, all of the things, um, how to work with brands and get PR, all of the good stuff. Temple is going to be sharing all of her journey, her story with us today. And I am so excited, but Temple is a full-time licensed aviation interior designer who has recently begun her journey in the influencing world. So apart from supporting her husband, who is in medical school, she enjoys creating content that inspires people to a minimalistic, affordable, healthy lifestyle. And we are going to be diving into all things influencing today. Temple, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and ready to get chatty. Yes, me too. So kick things off for us. Tell us a little bit about you, kind of your story, your journey. Give us the tea. Yeah, so (laughs) it's kind of crazy because um, I grew up in a small beach town in Florida. And basically, um, influencing in a place like that um, is very accessible. So even in like middle school and high school, I had a couple thousand followers on Instagram, which at the time, I, I, it didn't really seem like much to me. Yeah. Um, I would get little tiny deals like here and there, just like gifted collaborations. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened is uh, when I went off to college, the social climate there was a little bit rough for me. I really enjoyed my mm-hmm. major and like my university, but socially it was a little hard for me. And so I had mm-hmm. deleted, like completely deactivated my Instagram, um, for several years there while I was there. And so I had to start up from, start over from scratch, um, at the end of college. And I kind of wish I hadn't done that. It was really great for me at the time mentally. Like I, I mm-hmm. needed it and it was good. Um, but I had a really good springboard that I wish I still had because growing on Instagram is actually really hard for some reason. It's just a little bit tougher than on TikTok. And so TikTok is where I've taken most of my attention for that reason, because it is easier to grow there. Um, but basically, since my husband's in medical school, we're accruing a lot of debt from that. Um, my, luckily, my my day job, my nine to five provides for our, like our living expenses. But I was like, you know, like, what if I could just make a little extra side money that way, you know, we could go on dates without it squeezing our wallets too much. And just for like yeah. little stuff like that, not for anything huge. Um, and that was like my original idea was like, let's just make some side money. And so that's kind of where we are today. Like I'm still learning a lot as I go. And I really enjoy sharing that also with my followers, because I think there is a lot of small influencers out there. And I'm just trying to share like things that I'm learning along the way. But I don't think it's oversaturated per se. It I thought it was and I was like, that was like one of my first reservations about it was like, you know, 
it's what can I offer really? Like, what yeah. am I really offering people? So it kind of just started out as something fun. Maybe I make a little extra like money here and there, whatever. Um, but because growth on TikTok is so easy, it is much more like inspiring and motivating to continue down that path. And so I wouldn't say it's oversaturated. I think if it was, then like you wouldn't see all the tons of influencers and micro influencers that we have out there. It just wouldn't exist. So that's a little Absolutely. bit. I, got I love that take. I love that take. And I think it's really like, it's a nice, like kind of refreshing spin on how you're using TikTok to grow. And so are you kind of using TikTok kind of as like your top of funnel, getting the eyes onto you and then like hoping that people move over to Instagram and kind of growing your Instagram through TikTok? Yeah. What's funny is I've actually seen a lot of huge creators kind of like plugging their Instagram on TikTok. And so I think that's actually what a lot of people do. Um, I do, I do have everything. TikTok's my main focus and I do put everything on there. And I do hope that my Instagram will grow with that just because different opportunities come with Instagram. Um, A lot of the thresholds for like influencer platforms where you can kind of like shop through different brand collaborations. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the thresholds are 10,000 followers on TikTok and 1,000 on um, Instagram. So you do need to, yeah. So you do need to try and like make those thresholds. And so, yes, I would say that I I funnel everything through TikTok. And I've also heard, you know, that YouTube makes you a ton of money. I've heard that a lot Mm -hmm. for a long time. We all know that. Um, That's like something I'm still thinking about because I do work a nine to five and it already takes a lot of time to do what I do already just with TikTok basically. Um, So I'm just like worried that if I tried anything with YouTube, I just wouldn't, wouldn't have the time. So we'll see. Absolutely. I would love to dive into that with you. Tell us a little bit about what it's been like juggling your full time nine to five and kind of like side hustling influencing as well. Mm -hmm. What is what does your day kind of look like typically? Yeah, so I'm very, very lucky because my nine to five, they allow us to work from home on Mondays and Fridays. And so I only have to drive into the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I have an hour long commute to that office. Um, yeah, (laughs) because we have to live near the hospital that my husband is at the company I wanted to work for, which I love and I would do anything to work for them. They were an hour away and I was like, you know what? It's worth it. So luckily it's only three days a week instead of five. That's how I keep my positive attitude about it. Um, but really what that turned into, which I wasn't expecting was a little bit more time to content Mm -hmm. create. So I feel like since I'm home, I basically have like those four days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday to film. Um, it does get tricky though. Cause you know, sometimes I'll have brands kind of breathing down my neck about wanting content. And I'm like, look, bro, like I have a real job. I have a real job. Like I'm in an office. I can't record for you when I'm in an office. So yeah, I have to have really impeccable time management to be able to know what is due when, and to make sure that mm-hmm. I have the days where I'm at home, where I need to film. Of course I mm-hmm. film my vlogs about what I do when I go into the office but as far as like anything with like brands and products like I really can't on those days so I have to really time manage to make sure that I can have time to to do those that are due um and yeah that it's gotten a, increasingly difficult just because I've gotten busier with the influencing stuff so mm-hmm. um I'm doing my best but yeah you have to really plan 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 Absolutely. Do you have any good time management tips that you swear by? I have a, I have lots of spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the type of person, like I will forget something like if I don't write it down. Oh, yeah. um, so I write everything down in like very organized spreadsheets and then I don't 
because then I'll also like worry about forgetting and then that way I don't have to Mm -hmm. worry about it either. So spreadsheets or like calendar, like things on your calendar, like scheduling on your calendar. Like I would recommend, like I know there's really cute, like, um, like hard copy planners out there. I would recommend like a piece of technology though, because then it's with you all the time at any given moment. Um, more so I think than a tangible planner, but that was actually a tip a professor gave me in college. She was like, you have to use your phone. You need to use your phone. Um, so yeah, those are my tips. I think that is smart. No, because like, and I'm, I'm like ADHD. So like when you were like, if I don't write it down, it's gone. Like that is me. So yeah, yeah, like I have this massive planner, but I'm not lugging that around with me everywhere. Like it doesn't leave the house really, Mm -hmm. but how many things come up when you're like out and about, or then I'll like try and like send myself a text or an email, but then like it gets lost. So I love that. Like just, just use your phone. It's right Mm -hmm. there. Um, like, I don't know why this just came to mind. Do you remember? It was like bef- the thing before, like smartphones. It was like the PDA and it was like the personal, like digital planner. Mm-hmm. Why are we not still like using our phones like that? I don't know. <laughs> My mom like had the- this really old phone called a Palm. And it was like one of yeah. the first like little Blackberry type phones. that had like a calendar in it. And she was like, I have to have this. I have to have like a planner. <laughs> that's so funny that is so funny so when you kind of mentioned like I have to have really good time management like there are a few days a week where you're not really able to record content so are you kind of working on like a content plan like are you batching content are you planning stuff out or is it more in the moment what does your content creation process kind of look like yeah that's a good question I would definitely say I, I batch plan so basically what I said, like I record heavily on the weekends and like Mm -hmm. on Fridays and Mondays. And then I spread that out throughout the week, like on the days I'm in the office so that I have stuff to post. That was something I learned really fast. That was difficult. I was like in the office and I was like ready to post. And I was like, I don't have anything to post. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I, I, I do like batch record. Um, But yeah, I, I, if anyone is out there that also has a full-time job in micro influences, I would love to connect because it can feel a little lonely. Sometimes you feel like people are either fully just working a nine to five or they're fully like influencing. And I can't really relate to like either of those because I don't know, maybe it's not a lot of people, maybe it is, but it definitely feels like hard sometimes and like a little overwhelming because you're basically working two full-time jobs. Um, Absolutely. So it's hard. <laughs> Absolutely. No, influencing, I just I feel like anything on social media is so time consuming. Like mm-hmm. the planning of it, the creating of it, the actually like getting it posted and then like making sure that you're connecting with your community and the people that you have there. Like it is a full-time job. And I feel like that's becoming a little bit more like well known how time consuming mm-hmm. social can be, but I feel like for a long time people were like, "Oh, you're an influencer. You work like 30 minutes a day when you like make your one post. It's like, no, like this is hours a day. Crazy. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Like it, it is crazy too, because I'm, if I was spending those full-time hours creating and I was also getting like paid full-time hours with that creating, mm-hmm. then yeah, I'd be in a position where I wouldn't even like need my nine to five per se. Um, if I chose not to keep it. But when you are starting small as a small creator, you're not always getting paid for everything you do. So you could Mm. be spending like an hour and a half making a video and you could be getting paid for it. Sometimes you do, but you could also not be getting paid for it. And so you're, you're kind of trading there, you know, you're spending 
the amount of time someone would working, but it's basically free labor. Like you don't get um, necessarily paid. And so that's kind of like where you run into the problem of the time management. And because you're basically, you have to do both things, keep a nine to five and make the content. Um, Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on like paid versus gifted collaborations as a micro influencer? I hear a lot of talk that like you shouldn't be accepting any gifted promotions, that you should only be taking paid. And I understand that point of view, but when you're actually like in the driver's seat as that micro influencer, what are kind of your thoughts on that? That is a great question. So when I first started, I took any deal I could get, even if it was yeah. gifted, because you're just, you want to obviously take advantage of every opportunity and mm-hmm. you build on that. Um, and you're giving great quality content to your viewers as well. Um, but I told myself like once I hit 10 K on TikTok, like I was going to start only accepting paid. Mm -hmm. I haven't done that. I have accepted still gifted, um, only because it also depends like on the company. Cause for instance, basically my rule is that if there is a company that I already really like or that I think is really high quality and they want to do just a gifted, I will take it because to me mm-hmm. it's worth it. And yeah. if there is a brand that maybe I don't know as much about and they want to do a paid, um, then I will do that too. So basically the thing I started ruling out was only gifted and for stuff that wasn't really interesting to me. Cause at first I was taking everything. So you yeah. kind of slowly narrow it down and start to filter out. You get you get to have a little more choice in what you say yes and no to versus when you are fresh starting out saying yes to everything. So I think there's a good place for both of them in the world. I appreciate that so much because I, you know, I hear people talk about that and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. For you with like a million followers, of course, you're not going to accept anything gifted, but like, yeah. What about the, like, what about the people who are just starting out? And I love how you said that, like you have to take those opportunities and then build off of them. Mm-hmm. And even like with the brands that you love, if they want to do something gifted, it's like, yeah, like, let me get in, like, let me get my foot in the door mm-hmm. and I'm going to kill this. And then next time, maybe you guys will pay me. Like, maybe I can get something out of this. That actually happened. That. that happened to me with Ooh. one brand. Ooh. They did a gifted at first. And then mm-hmm. I actually said they wanted to do another gifted. And I actually said, I'm, I'm only doing paid now. Like I have this many followers. And they were like, okay, we'll do paid on the next one. So I've heard Amazing. a lot of people talk about you just putting yourself out there and like asking for what you want. Um, yeah. I've heard a lot of other influencers talking about that. And that was like the first time I tried it. And I was surprised that it worked. And, you know, I've also heard, you know, reach out to brands and like, um, like pitch yourself to them and stuff like that too. So I'll be trying that out as well. Oh, exciting. So yeah, give us like, give us the inside scoop. Like how does PR, like how do these brand deals go down? Mm -hmm. What's happening? (laughs) You're asking really good questions today. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love these. So basically it's put your email in your bio, just do it. Any email, put it in your bio. Um, that is how I, people first started reaching, like brands first started reaching out to me and just saying like, Hey, we'd love to send you something in exchange for mm-hmm. video. And that was like a lot of what I was doing at first. And then you will get emails that are like, we want to pay you for this. And you'll start getting basically what I was doing at first was like gifted collabs and you post a video. And that is different than UGC. Like I'm, I'm kind of just starting mm-hmm. in UGC user generated content. Basically mm-hmm. that's like an ad that you make 
for a brand, you don't necessarily have to post it yourself on your platform. They're not paying you to uh, advertise something to your followers. They're paying Mm -hmm. you just for the content. You make basically like an ad for them and they take that video and they, they post it on their socials and use it for themselves. Um, so I started getting some reach out with that as well. Um, after I was doing just like gifted stuff, UGC brands were, or uh, deals were kind of coming my way. Then I saw, I learned basically everything from like what I see on other influencers. Like we're all out yeah. here swimming in this pond together. So um, it's wonderful to have that resource and to see like what everybody else is sharing and not gatekeeping. And so what I learned about was like all these different platforms that exist that you can just sign up for and basically shop for collaboration. So um, I've, I've posted about them before on my TikTok. There's just like, a, I, I try every single one that I see to see which mm-hmm. ones are the best that I like the most. Um, but they're just these different apps basically or websites where you sign up, you might have to have a minimum amount of followers, you might not, some of them are different. And they'll just have like all of these brands that have advertised like a collaboration opportunity and you can like apply to them on there. Um, And so sometimes they're paid, sometimes they're free. That's how I get Mm -hmm. um, quite a bit of my products. I'm a lot of them are free. Like I'm not getting paid for them. Mm -hmm. It's like free stuff. And I'm an affordable girly, like with (laughs) like with the debt accruing and stuff. It's like, yeah, sure. I'll post a video in exchange for like some luxury new skincare items. Like, you know, I've gotten a lot of, of ones. I, I used to do a lot of like taste tests and like food taste tests and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I've gotten quite a few like beverage and like snack ones. And I'm like, this is great. I don't have to go to the grocery store. Like, yes. <laughs> But yeah, so those apps are, I think are really helpful too. Cause it's kind of like what I said about in the beginning doing just like the gifted collabs. It's a really mm-hmm. good building block w- for your audience. Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like, like you were mentioning, like brands reaching out to you, emailing you, like if you have other brands and you're working with other brands on your page, I feel like that would make them so much more mm-hmm. apt to be like, let me send her an email. Mm-hmm. She's already creating content and working with brands. And I love what you said about putting your email in your bio. This is something that I've heard in kind of my space. So I have a, a digital marketing agency. So I like help people with their social media. So we're kind of like on opposite sides of the fence here. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm not the one like with the presence really, but I have heard that when it comes to influencer management, because like these people are looking at your Instagram on their desktop and they don't have like the little buttons, right? Like that's the reasoning mm-hmm. behind it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, use some of that precious bio space for your email mm-hmm. or make a new one that's shorter. <laughs> And put it up in there if you're wondering why people aren't reaching out to you. And you just want them to know, like, I am available. So I feel like Mm -hmm. putting it in your bio kind of says that without looking too desperate. So I love that. That's a good tip. Yeah, like, I'm I'm available. Like, I am open for work. Mm -hmm. Send me an email. Please. Like, it's right there. Please send me an email. So how do you kind of, like, sort through legit brand deals and then, like, spam deals because I know I get a lot of like spam. I don't even know if they're spam. They just seem like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just seems a little weird. It seems a little icky. It seems a little like too good to be true, but there are certain brands where I am like constantly getting emails from them about like collaborating. And I'm like, well, I like, I'm not an influencer. Why do you want to collaborate with me? So from your, like, your point of view and like, as you're getting started out and you like want to do work, how are you sorting out like the good deals and the legit deals from the like bad ones or the spammy ones? 
That's hilarious. Yeah, I've definitely gotten some of those before. You got to first read through the email, read it, see what they're actually saying. Also, just look at the email. Does it look legit? A lot of companies, even ones that aren't big, they will have like a nice signature, sometimes even like a picture of like the person you're talking to, like a little profile pic. Um, Mm. And they will sign like a real name, like a person's name, not just Mm -hmm. like from the company or whatever. Those are like little things I look for. And we do like lots of, um, I work heavily in technology with my day job. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot of like, um, I also, it, it's an architecture engineering firm. So I feel like it's also like a lot of older generation as well. So mm-hmm. they do a lot of like spam, like avoiding spam, like uh, webinars with us and stuff like how to like not get hacked and things like that. Yeah. So I definitely like pick up tips from that as well. But it, it's common sense. Like you can tell, you know. Um, okay, good. Yeah. And I also, I also most of the time will respond because then you kind of get more information. It's like, then you can mm. kind of see if they're legit or not. Um, and there's some that respond and I'm like, mm, this isn't it. This isn't it. Um, but I would always investigate it because you actually never know. It could, it could be something decent. Um, sometimes like when people want your, their products reviewed on Amazon, they will send mm. you a PayPal payment for you to buy it so that you can review it. Cause you can only review Amazon stuff that you have bought. And the first time someone reached out to me about that, I was like, this seems weird. Like, this is just like a random like account and they, they mm-hmm. want to send me money to like, buy, like, but I've done it and it works. And I've gotten Bloom Greens from that, you know, the Greens company oh, yeah. um, and other like supplements and stuff from doing that. So you, it's always worth investigating a little bit. Okay. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that as something that you could, could do, but that makes sense. If people want to like kind of boost up their Amazon listing, just get some mm-hmm. reviews in there. Interesting. Okay. There are lots of ways that we could be making money online right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you touched a little bit on UGC and how you're getting into that. And I'm seeing that like all over my TikTok too. Like I know that is a very hot topic right now. What are you kind of doing? Like, like how do you get into that? I Tell us, what are you mm-hmm. doing? That is a great question. I don't know. Um, <laughs> fair, fair. I appreciate it. Basically, how I got into it was brands like just re- like emailed me. So I don't know if they saw my TikTok oh, or my Instagram, yeah. but they just emailed me. They were like, we have a UGC collaboration. We think you would be great. And that is how, that's the only way so far that I've gotten those types of deals. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think there are platforms, like I was saying earlier, that oh, um, yeah. you can also get on that will offer those. Like, some of the platforms offer paid collaborations, which is basically the same thing. But I uh, am really still in the beginning of that. I feel like I've done several. And, you know, when I first started doing this, I was like, how do people make, like you see influencers, they live in nice houses. And I'm like, how are they making so much money on social media? Like where, like where's money? Yeah. I think it, a lot of it is like ads and UGC, um, mm. not just like, not just like their own content, like on TikTok, that sort of thing, because so far what I've experienced is that the UGC is what pays the most. Um, you can get a lot of money for just one video. And now I realize that's how influencers I think that are big are making so much, um, because one video really doesn't take that much time, you know? So, um, I, again, I'm still like learning about that, but so far from what I can tell, like that is where the, that and YouTube is like where the money is at. So I struggle a little bit with it because, I actually prefer UGC because you Mm -hmm. don't have to post it. So maybe you need some extra money, but like you don't have to necessarily uh, post it at the expense of like your audience or like your content. Um, Mm. So 
it's a little more flexible. I feel like when you are posting your content, you want it to be authentic to you and to your niche. Yeah. And you want it to resonate with your audience. And you might get a, a a deal, like a brand deal or like a gifted opportunity that maybe it doesn't go so well with. But that's the great thing about UGC is like you don't have to post it yourself. So sometimes wow. that's like nice. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. We're learning, we're learning the secrets <laughs> of the influencer industry. I love that. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, okay. So like, how, like how much, how much money are we talking per video? Yeah, yeah. Like, have you heard? Mm-hmm. So, well, sometimes they ask you like how much you charge for a video. And the first time I yeah. got asked that, I was like, I don't know, like a million dollars. <laughs> like how much, how much are you willing to pay? Yeah. Um, so I just Googled it. I was like, how much do influencers get paid for one video? Like, I don't know what else to do besides Google. Yeah. It. So, um, I think what I read was like, 10 to 50,000 followers is like a hundred to $500 per video. So when I saw that I was at 10 K and I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'll say like a hundred or whatever. And that was for someone like a brand who wants to collab or Mm -hmm. yeah, they want to like send you something and you post a video and they Mm -hmm. say like, what do you charge? That's a hundred UGC. When they come to you, Mm -hmm. they seem to offer more. I don't know if they're using a different metric to measure by, yeah. Um, but for some reason they seem to offer maybe like five times more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we all need to get on the UGC train. That's wild, but that's awesome. And I think that like from like my marketing lens is good money spent on a, like on the businesses part because mm-hmm. people want that, like that, like authenticity, like they want the more like raw real that I feel like TikTok has really brought into the fold as opposed to like the perfectly curated like perfectly aesthetic like Mm -hmm. product photos like that that shit's boring now like we just scroll right past that because it looks like an ad it's like how can you make it look like an influencer is posting it and so people want to watch it instead of just an ad that's awesome yeah like make it that's what they want is it for not to look like an ad they want it to look like people are just out here using the product you know like just people Oh, okay. That's wild. <laughs> I mean, a, like a couple of those a month is just like, and that's then game changing cal- income. I started immediately calculating in my head people like, like that I knew that had like 500,000 followers. I'm like, how much money are they making on a video? Like I'm calculating, I'm like, now I understand. Damn. Now yeah. I understand. It's crazy. It's really lucrative. And I didn't know that when people, when I first saw UGC, I was like, this kind of like, this is kind of cringy. It's, I'm not gonna lie. This is exactly what I thought. I thought people who say they're doing UGC, this seems like um, they are like desperate to be an influencer, but this is like the only way they can get into it. And I feel mm. so bad for thinking that because actually they're the smart ones. They are the smart ones. They're the ones actually making money while people out here that are just influencing like I was are not making any. So they're the smart ones. Interesting. Oh, okay. So do you have any like good video, like tips for content creating, like making your videos, like how do we take things from like at like cute little at home iPhone video to like brand worthy for them to like want to pay $500 for that video? Yeah. So I've basically been doing the same thing the whole time and Mm -hmm. I haven't really seen like a lot of information about other things to do. So Mm -hmm. I do not have like a camera. I use my phone. I have I don't, I don't know what iPhone, like I got it last year, the iPhone, whatever. I don't even yeah. know. It's, it looks like this. It's got like the three lenses. 
Okay, yeah. So I use that. I use a tripod. Um, it came with the tripod came with a ring light, but I actually don't ever use the ring light because it's like it's too much. It looks too yeah, like just like I don't know, fake or something. Yeah. I, uh, for for most videos, not for all of them. Um, but like for just regular videos. Um, and I I use the camera and I put it in the top right corner when you open your camera. You can change the like quality setting to um 4K what is it it's like 4k hd i think um yeah or 4k and then 60 frames per minute that's like the highest quality you can go on iphone and then i edit so i film everything on there i edit Mm -hmm. in the cap cup app which is like what mostly everybody uses just like a video editing app Mm -hmm. and then um when you this is something i learned not that long ago when you export from there you can export also in 4k 60 frames per second. So that's when you, because I was filming in the high quality on my phone, but then I was like, why is it always looking so much worse? Yeah. I'm exporting from CapCut. It's because I wasn't exporting at the highest quality from there. I just do that. And then I, I, so I edit in CapCut, like I clip Mm -hmm. the things, add it in TikTok, add music in TikTok, and then add like, you want to do like your word overlay in TikTok. And then like, that's it. So I don't, I think people use like nice cameras. Maybe I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's just easier with the phone. Cause it's like always with you. Yeah. Um, I guess if you did YouTube, you would want maybe like a real camera, but mm. that's yeah. all I do. I love it. It's so simple. What do you mm-hmm. feel like brands are looking for right now? Like, do they tell you like, this is what we want or are they just kind of like, here you go, like take it and run with it and like make it your style. It really does depend because I've okay. gotten deals where they send you like a whole, it's basically like a mood board thing with like do's, don'ts, here's the vibe, here's the aesthetic, oh, here's the colors. Yeah. I've had them say like wear this color, type of color clothes, have this type of colored like background, wow. like don't have this in your background, don't wear bright yeah. colors, like all that sort of stuff. And then I've had other ones that are just like, we want to see you, like do whatever's authentic to you. So yeah. it really does vary. I like the ones that are less strict because it's less, it's just easier and it's less yeah. to worry about. The ones that give a lot of qualifications make me more nervous because I'm just like, I'm trying to do everything right that they want. Yeah. Um, and that's like another thing with UGC and like getting paid is like, it is a little higher stakes. Like you have to try a little bit harder um, yeah. than when you're just kind of like casually making your own content. Definitely. So how have you kind of like, navigated finding your niche and well actually hold on let's back that up because hot topic like hot debate to niche or not to niche let's talk about that first what are your thoughts I was literally just talking to my husband about this like an hour ago in the car I was telling him I was like I don't know whether it's like niche or not niche because I've heard both. I've heard both. So many people on TikTok, you need a niche, you need a niche down. And I've heard other people saying, don't do it, don't do it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what do I do? I don't know. Um, I do think that like the niche does naturally come. Like just start posting and like whatever you love and find interesting is going to come out through your content. Um, yeah. Especially when you first start out because when you don't have like a ton of like collabs and deals and stuff, you, it's really left up to you. So mm-hmm. I would say, don't overthink it. Take it really naturally. Just just post what you like. And I, I think one day you'll look down and be like, oh, this is my niche. I'm in it. Like I didn't even realize. Yeah. I don't know if I'm there yet. Um, let's talk first about like whether I think you should do it or not. I, like I said, I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. I do think there is value in niching down. And honestly, my husband's the one who helped me see this. He was like, well, when you follow someone, like, why do you follow them? Like, do they post like a certain thing? I'm like, 
that's true. It, you know, if I follow someone, it's either because like, I think their videos are aesthetic or I think they're funny. There's like mm-hmm. one specific thing about them that makes me like them. Yeah. Even if they, even if they post like a small variety of things, like, there's usually, you can usually narrow it down to like one or two things that is about, that there is about them. And that's like why you follow them. Um, so I do think that there's like value in that. I think niching helps followers resonate with you and it's kind of like the jack of all trades, master of none. Like if you're just posting a lot about a lot of different things, nobody, it's going to be hard for people to relate to you. Um, so I do think that there is some value in niching down. I would agree. I would agree with that. And like, so you're kind of like the go-to person for X, Y, Z, like whatever it is. It's like, Oh, like I know I can go look at temples page for this. Yep. So I would, I would agree with that, but I do feel like the more like authentic side of things and just kind of like showing your real self that I feel like TikTok is like really brought into the game is definitely like what people are looking for. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the super aesthetics and people who, and like the influencers who like don't really open up or like talk much about like their lives or themselves or what's going on. Like, I feel like they're kind of getting washed out a little bit yeah. and like the new age of people who are willing to be like real and authentic are kind of what's taking over. I would agree. I've heard a lot of people say like in your content, at least on TikTok, like you need to talk to the camera in some of your videos. Like you need to yeah. like just speak. And like, that is how your followers are going to feel more connected with you than just like, like you said, all these like aesthetic things. So mm-hmm. Okay. So TikTok, dive into that with us a little bit. So you have, you have like 10,000 followers. I'm at 11.2 right now. Yeah, you are. Yay. Okay. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Tell us like what has been like, well, I guess like how long have you been like actively posting on TikTok and like actively trying to grow? Sure. So I think I downloaded TikTok during COVID yeah. um, and was just like posting silly, goofy stuff. I had like one or two video videos that went I don't know if you would say viral like maybe 70,000 views and some stuff like yeah. that um I think I did have one that, that hit one mil so that that definitely boosted my following yeah. up from basically from zero to like several thousand That's awesome. um and then like I didn't really know about like the money-making side of it at that point that I feel like during COVID that was still a little new definitely and so I just kind of carried on with my life and like didn't really post that much and then I think I started in uh, last year, like in 2022, saying mm-hmm. that um, I just started, I don't know, like, I guess if I was scrolling TikTok, I was seeing people say, like, just start, just start, like, just start, like, you know, just start posting, post every day. Yeah. Um, and it kind of got to me. So I decided in 2023, at the very beginning of 2023, I'm going to post every single day for a year and just see what happens. And so I didn't start posting every day until this past January. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started... I started with, I think like 7,000 mm-hmm. at that point, um, just from like those two like random viral videos that I had yeah. and to hear where we are today. That is awesome. What has been like kind of like your content strategy for TikTok? Mm-hmm. Like what kind of content are you posting? Or are you seeing like that you're getting good traction with? Ooh, that's a good question. So I got reached out by like a really small um, agency several months ago Mm -hmm. um, that I declined at the time because I felt like I was able to handle everything. And and those agencies take a really big chunk of whatever money you make. And I'm sure 
it's worth it in some ways. Like I'm sure they get you a lot of really good deals. I'm at the point where I'm starting to kind of want like some help just because Mm -hmm. not only with my time restriction, but also with things like content strategy, it's a little over my head um, and analytics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I really, at this point, am just posting like what I want. Um, I, I take note of what does well and I try to remember that and kind of utilize that because of course that's like valuable information. Um, but because like I haven't super duper niche down, mm-hmm. it's hard to pinpoint exactly what my uh, followers really like. The videos that have done really well for me are finding affordable options of things like anything, clothes, home goods, mm-hmm. um, whether it's on Amazon, whether I've linked it on my like to know, um, just like affordable things in life. Those videos have done really well. And um, also things about like beauty, I guess. Like I chopped a lot of hair off and like that went really viral. Um, and there was one other thing. Oh, my job, my nine to five. People are like mm-hmm. really into that, I guess, because it's pretty unique. So that's kind of like where I say is like stuff about my job, stuff about dupes and things like that. Um, yeah, so it's like pretty much what I try to make it consist of is, is those types of things. I love that. Okay. So (laughs) tell us, tell us a little bit about your nine to five, because I read that, that you were a licensed aviation interior designer. And I was like, what the heck is that? Tell us us everything. That's what most people say. They're like, huh? Because (laughs) when I tell people like, I'm just an interior designer and they're like, Oh, like, can you decorate my house? And that that's like, to me, that is like 5% of like, what is actually interior design. It's a very, um, I don't know if I should say like misunderstood field, but basically like when I went through school, I kind of like, it's not that I didn't like residential. I just felt like I, I wasn't like sure that I wanted to do that. And in school, Mm -hmm. they teach you about like the other markets and there's like, um, commercial, which is basically Mm -hmm. like anything that's like not a home. Um, there's healthcare, which is like hospitals. And, um, I mean, there's a lot more too, like aviation. I didn't even know about aviation though, until I like got this job. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically also what, what people don't realize is when you do like residential interior design, you don't have to be like certified in any way. Like you can just do it. Um, with like what I do being licensed means that you can like stamp and seal construction documents like an architect does for the interior wow. drawings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I tend to describe it more as like interior architecture because I feel like that, that is closer, I think, to what people think of than saying interior design. Um, So sometimes I say that just to give like a better idea. Um, But yeah, so basically that's like what it is, is like interior architecture. You, like I said, I work at an architecture engineering firm. Um, So I work with architects um, and other interior designers and we have life and workplaces, which is like um, offices and multi-use buildings. And then we have healthcare, which is like hospitals and like anything like health related. So like, Mm -hmm a psychiatric hospital, an outpatient mm. center, a dentist office, like all sorts of stuff. Um, and then we have aviation, which is airports. So yeah, a lot of times when I say that okay. people are like airplane or airport, like which one are you designing? Airplanes would be cool. There's also, you just have to think like everything out there is designed by someone. Everything yeah. you look at, every single thing you look at. And you know, my mom used to like joke around and be like, you should like get into like designing yachts, like the inside of yachts or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know how I would do that. But um, yeah. 
That's so cool. So that's not what I was thinking that it was going to be airports either. That's so cool. <laughs> I love airports. I feel like that'd be like fun to design that or like super cool. We just got, I live in Kansas city and we just got a brand new airport like two Ooh. months ago. And so now as you're saying that, like thinking about like how it actually had to be designed and like everything had to be put together. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. I really that's like so it. Cool. We work on projects like all across the country and well, to me, what's cool about it is like when you design a space like that, like when you design an office, for example, for a company, like the only people that are going to walk in there and see that are those employees that work there every day. When you yeah. design an airport, millions of people are going to pass through that space and see what you designed every year, which Absolutely. to me is like mind blowing. That's so cool. And it's like, I feel like it's so much more permanent too. Like mm-hmm. the office, you know, like they could change locations or they could shut down and like in three years time, it could look completely different inside. But like that airport's going to be there for like a long time. That's mm-hmm. so cool. <laughs> I I love that. We're learning new things today. I never would have like thought that was, I thought that was a job. Like, I don't I know. know, like. It's so wild when you get like really like meta and you realize how many like jobs there are and like different things that you can do. And then we feel like so boxed in wherever we are. And mm-hmm. it's like, there's so much out there. There are so many mm-hmm. ways that you can make money and so many different things that you can do. Oh, that's so cool. It's true. And I think that that has been a huge resonation with my followers on TikTok because it is so mm-hmm. like, it is like the one thing about me that is like pretty niche and like unique. And I've had a lot yeah. of people ask about it on there like, what is this? Like, what? Like, how? Like, show us more. Like, they're really interested in that. That's so cool. And I love how you're kind of able to tie that into your brand because that is part of you and who you are and what you do. But instead of just being like, no, like, I just want to be an influencer and just like talk about like skincare and beauty and fashion, like you're bringing that it's that personal element. Like you're bringing that personal element of you into it. And I love how that's what people are like, like they're really interested in. It kind of keeps people like, or like it brings them in to you. That's so cool. I feel like that is like, that's the new era of influencers is like sharing like everything, not like, but like all aspects of you instead of just being like, no, like this is just me online. Like no one wants that anymore. How cool. Yeah, I was telling my husband, I was like, I, I feel like my job, like, I, even if I made enough influencing to quit my job, I don't think I could because it is, like, <laughs> one of the most unique things about, like, what I post. So if I quit, yeah. I wouldn't have that to post about. Absolutely. So tell us, what would be, like, your advice for someone who is wanting to start as an influencer, like, in 2023? Yeah, that. I would definitely say like, just be consistent. And this is like a lot of stuff that I heard, like, I didn't make this up. Like I've heard a lot of this. (laughs) And this is like what I have followed to get where I am. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would pass it down and say, start, I would say start on TikTok. It's just easier to grow on there. It just is start on TikTok, post consistently post every single day. People say post three to five times a day. And it seems like a lot. And it's kind of hard at first to like come up with that much content. But really the idea is like the more you post, the more chances you have of like going viral or, you know, just people finding you and your page and stuff. So Mm -hmm. get on TikTok, stay consistent, three to five videos a day and just film high quality. Um, I think just having a nice, nice looking video goes a long way. Um, I think personally, I don't know if this is factual, but I think personally a slightly 
faster paced video does better. I think attention spans mm-hmm. of people are so short um, yeah. that the kind of like more up, up, upbeat and like fast paced that you can make it the better. Um, I, of course there's videos that aren't like that, that do very well, but I think if you're starting out, that will help a little bit too. It'll get people to like stop and like actually watch your video. So I think those I are agree. some things that would help. That's good advice. So for the person who's worried about being cringy, who's worried about like people judging them or like their friends or family, like seeing them posting content and becoming <laughs> an influencer, like what do you have to say to that, to those people? That is such a good question um, because that was something, oh, that was something I was like a little bit worried about myself because especially, especially when you're starting out and especially on Instagram, because Instagram is in between Facebook and TikTok. Facebook is like family, friends. That's where everyone like updates everybody about everything. TikTok is like your secret little world where like not a lot of people are on there, especially not like a lot of older people. Mm. And so Instagram is kind of in between. Um, You kind of, at least for me, I had people on there that like I knew in real life. And so Mm -hmm. posting on there at first, I had less problem with TikTok just because not a lot of people I knew are on there and are following me. So you, you yeah, feel like you have a little, more, yeah, you feel like you have a little more freedom. Yeah. Whereas with Instagram, I was a little nervous just because like there's people on there that like I know in real life, and so I was a little nervous that they would be like, "What are you doing?" Um, <laughs> um, I, and honestly, I'm guilty of that as well. Like I've seen people I know kind of being like that, and I'm like, you know. So it's wrong of me to judge that way because I am now doing that as well. But uh, you have to really just – you have to really not care. Like mm. if you if you need to like block someone because like you're just that embarrassed, like whatever, just do it. Like it's not a big yeah. deal. Um, and it, you just have to – you have to not care. I think a lot of that too comes with confidence. I'll kind of get on a small soapbox here. You have to know who you are. You have to know who you are as a person. You have to know what you value, what your morals are. You have to know what you think about most things. Because once you know who you are and you're confident, once you know who you are, you're going to have more direction. You're going to be able to be confident in what you're doing and you're not going to care what other people think so much. When you care about what other people think a lot, to me, that comes from a place of like, you're not firm in like what you already think and believe. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of like, that's almost like a source of like validation for you is like what other people think. So I think that's like a really big, like building block that needs to be the foundation of beginning to post a lot, especially when other people are seeing it. So know who you are, know what you want to post and just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who cares. You're going to be the one that's making money while they're sitting over there or not. So Yep, absolutely. I feel like that's kind of my thought on it is like, sure, maybe it looks cringy, but like, but like their opinions aren't paying your bills and like Mm -hmm. the brands are. I love that. And I love, I love your little soapbox (laughs) rant. I think that's so important. And just like good life advice across the board, whether Mm -hmm. you want to be an influencer or not, especially as a woman and like a young woman and just like, it's always like, Oh, like what are mm-hmm. people thinking about me? Like you're worried about that. And you're so right. Like the more confident and secure you become in yourself, like the less the opinions of other people were like, worry you. And truly, I think this, this was advice that I got early on, actually a couple pieces of advice that I feel like tag on well to this, that I'll just go ahead and share. Um, no one who's doing better than you will like ever look down on you. 
and make fun of you for like trying to build something for yourself. So like the only people who you have to like worry about like talking shit or something, it's because they're like stuck because they're like, I can't believe she has the like audacity to like go create something of herself and like be someone. And that one really stuck with me for sure. And I totally forgot the second piece of advice that I was going to share. So we'll just, we'll just glide right over that one. <laughs> That's really <laughs> I good. I remember what it was. Yeah, I no, love that one was really, that one was really impactful for me when I was starting my business. Oh, the other one was that like people are just too busy caring about themselves to actually care about you or what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as women, we like get so in our heads, like, oh my God, like what are people going to think? Like, what are people going to think? And it's like, they, like they, nothing. They're they not. literally, it's they, so true. No yeah. one really cares that much. No, we <laughs> make it so much worse for ourselves in our heads and like the buildup. And like, are they even going to like see your story? Like, are they, like, are they even going to see it that you're so worried about? Or like when they do see it, there's a high chance that they're like sitting on the toilet. Like just, <laughs> it's okay. Like take them off of the soapbox that they're on. Like it's not that serious. It's not true not that serious. And then I feel like it is like with you like starting influencing, like you're really just taking like your career and like your income into your own hands, like where you and your husband are at, like your income is capped and you're like, okay, how can I make more money so we can have more fun and like not Mm -hmm. be stressing about money? Like you're just taking it into your own hands. And there are just a lot of people who will never have the guts to do that. And so like, there's no shame in being the one that actually has the guts to do it. Like, that, yeah, I feel like I just I feel like I would be kind of like upset at myself if I didn't at least try because yeah. you just like never know. I mean, like exactly. what if it was awesome and like you would never know. I, I said that about everything when I was younger, like when you would like try out for things or like be in something. It's like, well, I'm not going to know if I could do this or would like it if I don't do it. So Absolutely. I can't stand that, like not knowing. So Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like why not give it a try? And we'd seen TikTok change so many people's lives, like literally change them. And they mm-hmm. go from like nobody, nothing, scraping by unemployed to like these mega stars who are just rolling in more money than they know what to do with. Like there is so much power in that. Mm-hmm. If you just kind of like release the fear of being cringy and just like put yourself out there, like who knows what could happen yeah that's another thing too is like this podcast is so perfect because a huge reason that has started to come up like for me of why I want to continue doing this is because I love my nine to five and there are so many great things about it but the only thing that it doesn't have that doing something like this does have is your time being your own and being being completely as doing whatever you want, basically. I mean, being as flexible as you need to be. Like, of course, yeah. there might be, you know, deals here and there and you have to keep a schedule and the time management and all that. But it's very, very different than having like a real life supervisor that is a person that is expecting something out of you. It, that's a lot of pressure. And so it it's really different to me on the weekends when I'm filming versus being in an office. It's just a different environment. Your time, your everything is your own and it's just different. There's pros and cons to both, but that is a huge pro of content creating that I've come to like really, really value. I love that. That's so important. I feel like, like freedom is one of my most important values. And like, I spent time in corporate in an office, like chugging away with those 10 hour days. And it just was not like, 
you know, I was just helping someone else like climb the ladder. You know, mm-hmm. I was like at the very bottom, just like pushing everybody else up while I was just like staying down there. And then it's like, you leave that and then you have like the whole ladder up there for you to just like climb and do your own thing and at your own pace. And I love that. And I love how you talked about time because like, I, I feel like time is our most valuable resource. It's, we can't get it back. And so, yeah, how are you spending that? Like, are you spending your time working towards other people's dreams, filling other people's mm-hmm. pockets, or are you using your time, like building your own dreams and filling your own pockets? And exactly. I think there's really something to be said about that. Exactly. Okay. So one last question for you. Mm -hmm. I ask it to every guest who comes on the show. What is one piece of advice that you have that you would like to share with the women, the female entrepreneurs, the aspiring entrepreneurs who are listening? Maybe like a lesson that you had to learn the hard way. And you think maybe by sharing your advice, like it might make or might help other people like not make that same misstep. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say like, I, I'm not a mom, but I'm 25 and we're approaching that time. Mm -hmm. And that has like really changed my mindset about a lot of things. That's why I was saying the stuff about your time being your own. Um, there are priorities in life. And this is also goes back to my soapbox about knowing who you are, like what you value, like what your morals are, because it's very easy in like the social media world for your priorities to become flipped without you even noticing it. It's very, very subtle. And you have to be very deeply rooted in like what you, your priorities are so that you can continue to manage things appropriately. Um, If I'm spending too much time content creating and I'm not spending any time with my husband, that's wrong. That's not right. You know, that's, there's ways to work around it and make things better. And so Mm. my like piece of advice would almost like if you're starting out, like write it down, like write down the things that are most important to you that way when things do get busy or you're having a hard time with balancing everything, you can go back to that. You need to release things that are not important to be with things that are, for example, like um, last week we went home to visit our families for a week Mm. and I was like thinking of filming during that time. But honestly, I was, it just didn't come naturally and organically. Like there were some things I did and I did film it, but when you're having quality time with family that you don't get to see a lot, or you're all sitting down, like watching a movie together, I'm not going to, I didn't feel like it was appropriate to record or to be on my phone editing. And so I just didn't Mm -hmm. do it. And that's okay. That's okay. You know? And, and people were like, where's your content? Like, I'm, you know, we miss you and all the stuff. Um, or like, why haven't we seen anything? And it's like, I'm a family. Like that's. And that's okay. People are going to tell you that you need to grind and hustle all the time. But I know like you, you said you value like, you know, making sure you have time for a trip or vacation. And it's true. Like you, you have to remind yourself like, it's okay. It's okay to rest. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to, you know, unplug and be offline, even if plugging in and being online is your job. Um, And so that, that would be like my biggest piece of advice. Oh my gosh, Temple. I love that. That was just so real. And I, but I love how you're like, if you're getting started, like write down what's important to you and like use that to recenter yourself, to anchor yourself back in because it is so easy, especially like you working two jobs to just like come home from work and just work like influencing until it's time to go to bed. Yep. But like, you know, it serves you 
and it's important to you to like spend that time with your husband and to spend time together. That's something that I have had to navigate as well. And like definitely go through seasons of that. Like when things are busier, it's like, okay, like I I need to shut the laptop and like, we need to have dinner together. Like we need to spend time together. That is so real, Uh, but very like tangible advice that any, like even now, if you feel like your priorities are switched or you're doing too much work, like write down what's important to you and like prioritize those and fitting those into your day because there will there will always be more money to make tomorrow. You can always get the post up tomorrow. Like mm-hmm. nothing that we do in today's social media age is like that urgent. Like mm-hmm. it, and especially like as business owners, like most of what we do can wait until tomorrow if it needs to. And mm-hmm. Especially as women, we're so hard on ourselves, like so awful, beat ourselves up, like just give yourself some grace. Like if you need Mm -hmm. to take a day off, if you didn't get to it yesterday, like it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, what a great way to end this episode off. This was so much fun, Temple. Thank you so much for your time and everything that you shared. And I, I love how you mentioned too, I meant to say this that like so much of what you have learned was from other influencers. And I found you on TikTok. And I think it was a video of you being like how to get PR or like how to get brand deals as a micro influencer. And I was like, wait, that's cool that she's sharing that because I feel like influencing, at least for a long time, that industry was like very gatekept. Yeah. So it made I was like immediately drawn to you because I was like, she's not gatekeeping. What? But it's so cool to hear that like people seem to be opening up a little bit more mm-hmm. and like trying to help each other and that you were able to learn from others. So that gives me a little bit of hope for the influencing industry as well, because I know for a long time, like it was really competitive and like kind mm-hmm. of ugly and like, no, like this is my knowledge. Like I'm not sharing it with anyone. Yeah, Totally. Oh, yeah. Not about that. Not about gatekeeping here. So thank you so much for everything that you shared. This was a really, like, really valuable episode. And I know something that is probably, like, on the back of a lot of people's minds. And I hope we were able to kind of, like, break down some of those barriers for them. So maybe they'll just go ahead and make the TikTok account and start. And I think some of my favorite advice from you was to use TikTok as an Mm -hmm. influencer, because I think we think influencers and we think Instagram Mm -hmm. and that they go together, but like, it is a lot harder to grow on Instagram now, like use the platform that's easier to grow on Mm -hmm. and funnel everything else to your Instagram. That's really great advice and something I don't think I would have thought of Mm -hmm. if I was like starting an influencer journey. Yeah. Okay. So tell everyone where they can find you, how they can connect with you, keep up with you, support you, all the things. Yeah. So my TikTok handle is at Temple Cordum. It's just my full name. And then my Instagram is at Temp Court. It's just like a shortened version of my name. And that's about it. That's all I've got. Um, and my email is in my bio on both of those. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. You're living what you preach. I love it. <laughs> Temple, thank you so, so much for joining us today on the podcast and for everything that you shared. And thank you for listening to today's episode of the Female CEO Show podcast. I will catch you on the next episode.